0: chapter x of recollections of a missionary in the great west by cyrus townsend brady this librivox recording is in the public domain the love of christmas is as strong in the west as it is in any section of the country perhaps indeed stronger for people who have few pleasures cherish holidays more highly than those for whom many cheap amusements are provided but when the manifestation of the christmas spirit is considered there is a vast difference between the west and the east there are vast sections of country in which evergreens do not grow and to which it would not pay to ship them consequently christmas trees are not common and therefore much prized when they may be had there are no great rows nor small clusters of inviting shops filled with suggestive and fascinating contents at attractive prices the distances from centres of trade are so great that the things which may be purchased even in the smallest towns in more favourable localities for a few cents have there almost a prohibitive price upon them the efforts of the people to give their children a merry christmas in the popular sense however are strong and sometimes pitiful it must not be forgotten that the west is settled by eastern people and that no very great difference exists between them save for the advantages presented by life in the west for the higher development of character western people are usually brighter quicker more progressive and less conservative and more liberal than those from whom they came the survival of the fittest is the rule out there and the qualities of character necessary to that end are brought to the top in the strenuous life necessitated by the hardships of the frontier if the people are not any better than they were it is because they are still clinging to the obsolete ideas of the east the eastern point of view always reminds me of the reply of the bishop to the layman who was deploring the poor quality of the clergy yes says the bishop some of them are poor but consider the stock from which they come you see we have nothing but laymen out of which to make them the east never understands the west the real west that is which lies beyond the mississippi the missouri and the rocky mountains they know nothing of its ideas its capacities its possibilities its educational facilities its culture its real power in the east and they do not wish to learn apparently the easterners fatuously think like job that they are the people and wisdom will die with them some years since an article in the forum on the theme kansas more civilized than new york conclusively proved the proposition to the satisfaction of the present writer at least i sat at a dinner-table one day when the salted almonds were handed me with the remark i suppose you never saw anything like these out west try some and my wife was quite gravely asked if we feared any raids by the indians and if they troubled us by their marauding in kansas i have found it necessary to inform the curious that we did not live in tepees or wigwams in nebraska one day i was talking with a man and a very stupid man at that who informed me that he graduated from harvard to which surprising statement he added the startling information for the benefit of my presumably untutored occidental mind that it was a college near boston they have everything in the west that the east has so far as their sometimes limited means will provide them and when they have no money they have patience endurance grim determination and courage which are better than money in the long run the cities and smaller towns especially as a rule are cleaner better governed more progressive better provided with improvements and comforts than corresponding places in the east scarcely a community exists without its waterworks electric light plant telephone system trolleys paved streets etc of course this does not apply to the extreme frontier in which my field of work largely lay the conditions were different there the people too but to return to christmas one christmas day i left my family at one o'clock in the morning christmas salutations were exchanged at that very sleepy hour and i took the fast express to a certain station whence i could drive up country to a little church on a farm in which there had never been a christmas service it was a bitter cold morning deep snow on the ground and a furious north wind raging the climate is variable indeed out west i have spent christmas days on which it rained all day and of all days in the year on which to have it rain christmas is the worst still the farmers would be thankful it was usually safe to be thankful out there whenever it rained i knew a man once who said you could make a fortune by always betting two to one that it would not rain no matter what the present promise of the weather was you were bound to win nine times out of ten i hired a good sleigh and two horses and drove to my destination the church was a little old brick building right out in the prairie there was a smouldering fire in a miserable worn-out stove which hardly raised the temperature of the room a degree although it filled the place with smoke the wind had free entrance through the ill-fitting window and door frames and a little pile of snow formed on the altar during the service i think there were twelve people who had braved the fury of the storm there was not an evergreen within a hundred miles of the place and the only decoration was sagebrush to wear vestments was impossible and i conducted the service in a buffalo overcoat and a fur cap and gloves as i have often done it was short and the sermon was shorter after service i went to dinner at the nearest farmhouse such a christmas dinner it was there was no turkey and they did not even have a chicken the menu was corn bread ham and potatoes and few potatoes at that There were two children in the family, a girl of six and a boy of five. They were glad enough to get the ham. Their usual bill of fare was composed of potatoes and cornbread, and sometimes cornbread alone. My wife had put up a lunch for me, fearing that I might not be able to get anything to eat, in which there was a small mince pie turnover, and the children had slipped a small box of candy in my bag as a Christmas gift i produced the turnover which by common consent was divided between the astonished children such a glistening of eyes and smacking of small lips you never saw this pie makes it seem like christmas after all said the little girl with her mouth full yes said the boy ditto that and the ham we didn't have any christmas this year continued the small maiden last year mother made us some potato men i e little animal and semi-human figures made out of potatoes and matches with buttons for eyes they go into many stockings among the very poor out west but this year interrupted the boy potatoes are so scarce that we couldn't have em mother says that next year perhaps we will have some real christmas they were so brave about it that my heart went out to them children and no christmas gifts only the chill bare room the wretched meagre meal i ransacked my brain finally something occurred to me after dinner i excused myself and hurried back to the church there were two baskets there which were used for the collection old but rather pretty i selected the best one fortunately i had in my grip a neat little housewife which contained a pair of scissors a huge thimble needles thread a tiny little pin-cushion an emery bag buttons etc i am like most ex-sailors something of a needleman myself i emptied the contents into the collection basket and garnished the dull little affair with the bright ribbon ties ripped off the housewife and went back to the house to the boy i gave my penknife, which happened to be nearly new and to the girl the church-basket with the sewing-things for a work-basket the joy of those children was one of the finest things i have ever witnessed the face of the little girl was positively filled with awe as she lifted from the basket one by one the pretty and useful articles the housewife had supplied and when i added the small box of candy that my children had provided me they looked at me with feelings of reverence almost as a visible incarnation of santa claus they were the cheapest and most effective christmas presents it was ever my pleasure to bestow i hope to be forgiven for putting the church furniture to such a secular use another christmas day i had a funeral there was no snow no rain the day was warm the woman who had died had been the wife of one of the largest farmers in the diocese he actually owned a continuous body of several thousand acres of fine land much of it under cultivation she had been a fruitful mother and five stalwart sons all married and several daughters likewise with numerous grandchildren represented her contribution to the world's population they were the people of the most consideration in the little community in which they lived we had the services in the morning in the methodist church which was big enough to hold about six hundred people as it was a holiday it was filled to the very doors one of my farmer friends remarked as we stood on the front steps watching the crowd assembling my doc all of them wagons gathering here makes it seem more like circus day than a funeral i had been asked to preach a sermon which i essayed to do the confusion was terrific in order to be present themselves the mothers in israel had been obliged to bring their children and the most domestic of all attentions were being bestowed upon them freely they cried and wailed and expostulated with their parents in audible tones until i was nearly frantic i found myself shouting consoling platitudes to a sobbing grief-stricken band of relatives and endeavouring to drown the noise of the children by roaring the lion's part a la bottom it was distracting i was a very young minister at the time and the perspiration fairly rained from me that's what makes me remember it was a warm day when we got through the services after every one of the six hundred had in the language of the local undertaker viewed the remains we went to the cemetery i rode behind a horse which was thirty-eight years old i do not know what his original color had been but at present he was white and orry with age i always use him for funerals said the undertaker because he naturally sets the proper pace for a funeral procession mercy said i i hope he won't die on the road well if he does continues the undertaker your services will come in handy we can bury him proper i am awfully fond of that horse i shouldn't wonder if he hadn't been at as many as a thousand funerals in his life i thought he had all the gravity of his gruesome experiences especially in his gait the christmas dinners were all late on account of the funeral but they were bountiful and good nevertheless and i much enjoyed mine another christmas i was snowbound on one of the obscure branches of a western railroad if the train had been on time i would have made a connection and have reached home by christmas eve but it was very evident as the day wore on that it was not going to be on time indeed it was problematical whether it would get anywhere at all it was snowing hard outside our progress had become slower and slower finally in a deep cut we stopped there were three men one woman and two little children in the car no other passengers in the train the train was of that variety known out west as a plug consisting of a combination baggage and smoker and one coach. One of the trainmen started on a lonely and somewhat dangerous tramp of several miles up the road to the next station to call for the snowplough, and the rest of us settled down to spend the night. Certainly we could not hope to be extricated before the next evening, especially as the storm then gave no signs of abating we all went up to the front of the car and sat around the stove in which we kept up a bright fire fortunately we had plenty of fuel and in such circumstances we speedily got acquainted with each other one of the men was a drummer a travelling man for a notion house another was a cowboy the third was a big cattleman and i was the last we soon found that the woman was a widow who had maintained herself and the children precariously since the death of her husband by sewing and other feminine odd jobs but had at last given up the unequal struggle and was going back to live with her mother also a widow who had some little property the poor little threadbare children had cherished anticipation of a joyous christmas with their grandmother from their talk we could hear that a christmas tree had been promised them and all sorts of things they were intensely disappointed at the blockade they cried and sobbed and would not be comforted fortunately the woman had a great basket filled with substantial provisions which by the by she generously shared with the rest of us so we were none of us hungry as the night fell we tipped up two of the seats placed the bottom sideways and with our overcoats made two good beds for the little folks just before they went to sleep the drummer said to me say parson we've got to give these children some christmas that's what said the cowboy i'm agreed added the cattleman madam said the drummer addressing the woman with the easy assurance of his class after a brief consultation between us we are going to give your kids some christmas the woman beamed at him gratefully yes children said the now enthused drummer as he turned to the open-mouthed children santa claus is coming round to-night sure we want you to hang up your stockings we ain't got none quivered the little girl ceptin those we've got on ma says it's too cold to take em off i've got two new pair of woolen socks said the cattleman eagerly which i ain't never wore and you are welcome to em there was a clapping of little hands in childish glee and then the two faces fell as the elder remarked but santa claus will know they are not our stockings and he will fill them with things for you instead lord love you said the burly cattleman roaring with infectious laughter he won't bring me nothing. one of us will sit up anyway and tell him it's for you you've got to hustle to bed right away because he may be here any time now Then came one of those spectacles which we sometimes meet once or twice in a lifetime. The children knelt down on the rough floor of the car beside their improvised beds. Instinctively the hands of the men went to their heads, and at the first word of Now I lay me down to sleep, four hats came off. The cowboy stood twirling his hat and looking at the little kneeling figures. The cattleman's vision seemed dimmed while in the eyes of the travelling man there shone a distant look a look across snow-filled prairies to a warmly lighted home the children were soon asleep then the rest of us engaged in earnest conversation what should we give them was the question it don't seem to me that i've got anything to give em said the cowboy mournfully unless the little kid might like my spurs and i would give my gun to the little girl though on general principles i don't like to give up a gun you never know when you're going to need it especially with strangers he added with a rather suspicious glance at me i would not have harmed him for the world i'm in much the same fix said the cattleman. i've got a flask of prime old whiskey here but it don't seem like it's very appropriate for the occasion though it's at the service of any of you gents never seen no occasion in which whiskey wasn't appropriate said the cowboy mellowing at the sight of the flask i mean it ain't fit for kids explained the cattleman handing it over i begun on it rather early remarked the puncher taking a long drink and i always use it when my feelin's is unsettled like now he handed it back with a sigh never mind boys said the drummer you all come along with me to the baggage car so off we trooped he opened his trunks and spread before us such a glittering array of trash and trinkets as almost took away our breath there he said look at that we'll just pick out the best things from the lot and i'll donate them all no you don't said the cowboy my auntie's in on this game and i'm going to buy what chips i want and pay for em too else there ain't going to be no christmas around here that's my judgment too said the cattleman i think that will be fair said i the travelling man can donate what he pleases and we can each of us buy what we please as well i think we spent hours looking over the stock which the obliging man spread out all over the car for us he was going home he said and everything was at our service the trainman caught the infection too and all hands finally went back to the coach with such a load of stuff as you never saw before we filled the socks and the two seats besides with it the grateful mother was simply dazed as we stood about gleefully surveying our handiwork including the bulging socks the engineer remarked we've got to get some kind of a christmas tree so two of us ploughed off on the prairie it had stopped snowing and was bright moonlight and wandered around till we found a good-sized piece of sagebrush, which we brought back and solemnly installed and the woman decorated it with bunches of tissue paper from the notion stock and clean waste from the engine we hung the train lanterns around it we were so excited that we actually could not sleep the contagion of the season was strong upon us and i know not which were the more delighted the next morning the children or the amateur santa clauses when they saw what the cowboy called the layout great goodness those children never did have and probably never will have such a christmas again and to see the thin face of that mother flush with unusual colour when we handed her one of those monstrous red plush albums which we had purchased jointly and in which we had all written our names in lieu of our photographs and between the leaves of which the cattleman had generously slipped a hundred-dollar bill was worth being blockaded for a dozen christmases her eyes filled with tears and she fairly sobbed before us during the morning we had a little service in the car in accordance with the custom of the church and i am sure no more heartfelt body of worshippers ever poured forth their thanks for the incarnation than those men that woman and the little children the woman sang jesus lover of my soul from memory in her poor little voice and that small but reverent congregation cowboy drummer cattleman trainman and parson solemnly joined in it feels just like church said the cowboy gravely to the cattleman say i'm all broke up let's go in the other car and try your flask again it was his unfailing resource for unsettled feelings the train-hand who had gone on to division headquarters returned with the snow-plough early in the afternoon but what was more to the purpose he brought a whole cooked turkey with him so the children had turkey a christmas tree and santa claus to their hearts content i did not get home until the day after christmas but after all what a christmas i had enjoyed during a season of great privation we were much assisted by barrels of clothing which were sent to us from the east one day just before christmas i was distributing the contents of several barrels of wearing apparel and other necessities to the women and children at a little mission the delight of the women as the good warm articles of clothing for themselves and their children which they so sadly needed were handed out to them was touching but the children themselves did not enter into the joy of the occasion with the same spontaneity finally just as i got to the bottom of one box and before i had opened the other one a little boy sniffling to himself in the corner remarked sotto voce ain't there no real christmas gifts in there for us little fellers too i could quite enter into his feelings for i could remember in my youthful days when careful relatives had provided me with a cardigan jacket three handkerchiefs and a half-dozen pairs of socks for christmas that the season seemed to me like a hollow mockery and the attempt to palm off necessities as christmas gifts filled my childish heart with disapproval i am older now and can face a christmas remembrance of a cook-book a silver cake-basket or an ice-cream freezer some of which i have actually received with philosophical equanimity if not gratitude i opened the second box therefore with a great longing though but little hope heaven bless the women who had packed that box for in addition to the usual necessary articles there were dolls knives books games galore so that the small fry had some real christmas gifts as well as the others after one of the blizzards a young ranchman who had gone into the nearest town came twenty miles away to get some christmas things for his wife and little ones was found frozen to death on christmas morning his poor little packages of petty christmas gifts tightly clasped in his cold hands lying by his side his horse was frozen too and when they found it hanging to the horn of the saddle was a little piece of an evergreen tree you would throw it away in contempt in the east it was so puny there it meant something the love of christmas it was there in his dead hands the spirit of christmas it showed itself in that bit of verdant pine over the lariat at the saddle bow of the poor bronco do they have christmas out west well they have it in their hearts if no place else and after all that is the place above all others where it should be end of chapter 10